Hello and welcome to ASM Connected, the podcast brought to you by ASM Technologies. In this episode, our account director Stephen Dale speaks to Gerald Byrne, Senior Sales Director at LogMeIn for EMEA. This conversation is packed with insights covering culture at the company, their experiences transitioning to a fully remote team, and even what company Gerald would buy if he had the opportunity. Over to you, Stephen. Gerald and I last met out in Florida at Universal Studios. That was at the Log Me In sales kickoff event. Obviously, we were mixing a bit of business and pleasure out there. I've got a feeling we were possibly mixing the COVID-19 virus as well, Gerald. I don't know how many people were in that room at the time. Yeah, Steve, it does seem like a long time ago sitting in Florida in 20 degrees in January, but... um... Yeah, it was a different world there, and we probably would have never envisaged what was going to happen in a matter of six weeks. Absolutely. I um, I definitely come away from there with, I had, a, if you remember, a dry throat and a bit of a, bit of a cough. Um, I, I don't know whether the virus was doing the rounds or whether it was something else that made me feel a little bit unwell for a few days afterwards. Well, we definitely had um, a good partner experience, let's put it that way, for anyone listening in. Yeah, absolutely. And and everything's changed. That was my last business trip. Because of everything changing, that's really driving the reason why we're putting a podcast together today and, and why we're going to be talking about some of the changes out there. So the, the plan of what I'd hope for us to cover today is getting to know you, Gerald, a little bit as a sales leader, what it's like to be part of a, a rapidly growing company, a company that's got some great innovative products. Uh, And then also how you're focusing on innovation uh, and how you look to the future in a time when the here and now seems to be all consuming. But before we get into that, I want to sort of ease you in, put you on the spot a little bit, Gerald, just get you thinking on your feet and see what type of business person you might be. Just wanted to ask if, if you could buy any company at the moment in the given circumstances, not necessarily an IT company. What would be your choice? <laughs> it would be very hard not to select Amazon. I mean, they were already heading in such a great direction in the first place. And we would see you see every year the number of online shoppers, things like Christmas and Black Friday. Every year the statistics come out to say, oh, we've seen this increase in terms of people buying online. But the one thing that I see, certainly from a personal circumstance, is that you're at home and at the weekends you've time and all of a sudden, before you even realize that you've bought a couple of hundred pounds worth of clothes or kids' toys or something obscure. And I think they are perfectly situated to take advantage of uh, of shoppers like myself and probably shoppers across the globe. And I believe that they... By recent announcement, they certainly have. But I think the other thing about it is that they they show a huge amount of innovation in terms of the way their technology, the platform has worked over the years and how it's changed with buyer behavior and how it's really used that information to actually um, alter the way it does things. It was always a standout in terms of the way it treated customers. Its returns policy was one of the first things I knew. I figured out years and years ago, well before companies were actually really positive about returns, they always were leading on that front. And I think that's what really bought trust with their customers and really gave them the opportunity to grow their business. And I think they're a phenomenally successful company and they do so many different things with so many different technologies. And um, if I had a few quid, I'd say I'd put them into Amazon. 
Yeah, you, you saved yourself talking about the innovation there, Gerald, because at the beginning, I just thought, well, we know that you've got very expensive taste because um, <laughs> they're probably going to be the most expensive company to go and buy at the minute. But the points you make are really good about them leading the way for others. And I talk quite a lot recently with people about how that consumer business to consumer market is showing the way and driving what the business to business market wants to be. So if we can get anywhere near to catching up with that kind of customer focus, level of service, platforms and everything else, then I think we'll be doing pretty well. I think the old adage, um, which is around that every problem is an opportunity, they seem to embrace that. And I think any company, uh, whether direct or indirect, that is serving businesses or consumers, have to think differently than they used to in the past. It's all about putting customers first. It's all about the use case for the actual product you're selling. And I think the innovation around that, you're right, is being led by consumer demand, the need for everything now in terms of access to or support of people just want that information straight away and have a solution straight away. And I think that's really driving businesses to think how they can support partners, how they can support customers to really provide a product, but also a service that gets people coming back month after month and year after year. Absolutely. That's that's really important. So since you're having Amazon, I can't really see beyond some either Netflix or one of the large supermarket chains. Netflix, for similar reasons that you're mentioning with Amazon, but generally because that's where all my time and money's gone over the last few months. So I, th I think they'd be a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, th I think we'd be okay. We'd be okay. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, what's your situation, Gerald, in lockdown? How's how's it treating you? How are you finding it? I suppose, like most people and most companies, the journey is is really unusual. I mean, LogMeIn is founded on supporting customers um, and doing that from a remote perspective. And most of our technology in this environment supports that. Whereas I suppose you, when you start off initially in the first couple of weeks of COVID, everyone's expectation in some ways was that this was not going to be as long as it was. And people were hoping that they were going to find a cure as quickly as possible and a vaccination so that people could get back to their normal lives. And I think that hope in the first sort of six to eight weeks was all around people thinking that this wouldn't last too long. But unfortunately, it, it wasn't the case. And what happens there is that you get used to doing normal work and then working from home and, and everything that entails. And then all of a sudden realize that you're going to be in the same position for months rather than weeks. And that definitely has changed my mindset and, and the people I work with and how we communicate and everything else, how we do business. And I think it's um, that journey of discovering that and and everything around it and how you work during an environment like that is, is, is part of the process and part of how we're driving, how we're going to work into the future. And I think it's a, it's a fascinating thing of when we look back on the things we could do better, the things we did really well. And I'm not just talking about our own company, Log Me In, because I also think we're being really innovative with the people that work for us. But I, I do think that work will never be the same again in terms of how we treat remote working. I think that the traditional business for myself, who's a little bit older, who has always spent most of their life in an office or traveling, it's a new world for us. And I think that's the biggest change that's going to come out of it. Yeah. Do you feel any pressure on, on you as an individual or a business, given that you've got those 
sort of remote access, remote working products. So we come down to the practice what you preach scenario, whereby you've got the tools, you should know how to use them. If, if you can't make a success of home working, remote working, then what chance has anybody else got? Do you think that puts you under any pressure as a business? Yeah, I mean, we certainly want to drink our own champagne and we have done that over the last number of years, but it's different doing one or two days a week when you start doing five days a week. What I have definitely noticed is, is that if you're sitting in front of your desk here at home when there's no interaction with people from work and you can't use the energy you get from conversations over a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or around a water cooler, you really miss out on that energy and that interaction. And when you're sitting in front of a go-to-meeting session and you're doing five hours of video conferencing calls, it definitely isn't the same as that personal interaction. And I think part of it is not the pressure of using it, but it's the actual, we're so lucky that we could use it and we also knew how to use it very well. And I think that was probably the one thing that came out of it. Our move from working in the office to working at home was seamless. And we were all scrambling when we when we made that decision, but it actually worked out to be really, really well. And that's a great recognition of the people that work for LogMeIn, but also a great recognition of the tools themselves. So I think that's probably the, the best thing that came out of it. The one thing I would say what it led to, Steve, is, is that we started to think, well, how do we help customers who are in a similar position to us, don't know these type of technologies, but have heard of them? And how do we get them to be using technologies and get through this period when they're struggling as a business and an organization to work from home, something that's completely new to them. And then we created in LogMeIn an emergency response kit, which is basically an opportunity for companies to use our software, our remote working software, whether it be GoToMeeting, GoToWebinar, or LastPass, or Central or Rescue licenses, to use those at home so they could actually operate as an organization from their home and use that for free over 90 days. And, um, and that has taught us so many things, got so much positive feedback on that. Um, and it really has been transformational for how we interact with those customers and how they use our technology going forward. And I always say some of the greatest use cases of our products don't come from marketing, but actually from our customers themselves. Yeah, I suppose you were, you were, you were having those conversations before. You were sort of showing people the road and the path, but then this necessity has just hit that fast forward button so you know everything changed pretty quickly just sort of setting the scene on on how i came to during this time my opinions have, have logged me in and how that's changed slightly recently you're one of the larger suppliers vendors that we deal with but you're still in that sort of niche focus space and i know you're on this channel journey now you're looking to scale quickly through channel you've obviously had a recent takeover so you've got new investment, there's some cash there to go after that growth. And your, your product set is spanning remote access, unified comms collaboration, password security, as you've mentioned. And then obviously you're doing some cool stuff in, in automation and AI with, with the chatbot technology. It looked to me at one point that you were growing quickly, acquiring new products and technologies and in danger of losing that connection and, and that thread that ties it all together. And sometimes that becomes a, a slightly confusing proposition for customers. But then the lockdown situation happened and it just completely moved the goalposts. So this product set that you've got all of a sudden is like a dream list of products that if you were entering this situation, you'd choose to have in your bag of offerings. So it's become so relevant so quickly 
what's that been like? It's hard to answer that question without taking into account the impact of COVID-19. Setting aside the fact that it has such a terrible impact globally on people's health, uh, the amount of people that have suffered, you would never want something like this to put remote working as an essential thing for companies or organizations. From our own point of view, we've had to think on our feet to work really hard at making sure that we're looking after our customers. Part of the challenges for us is that the size and volume of new business coming in was so large that we hadn't structured our business for, for, for that. And we had to be really innovative with the way we were working. I would also say an output of that is, is that uh, while it's great to have so much new customers, it, it puts an extra strain on the staff that we have there today. And some people have been working seven days a week for the last few months, just trying to make sure that our customers and partners get the products when they require them. It, it is unusual, the side effects of huge demand, because you're not structured to support that. And what we had to do is that we've had to leverage other parts of our business. So for example, we would have a marketing department that looks after a lot of our physical events. And we had to use those marketing people to take calls to support customers who are ringing in and who are looking to use our software. We had to use those people to help enablement of customers and partners so that they could actually understand what to do once they got the software. And so we've had to be really creative around how we use our staff, what their roles are today, and can we leverage them to and pivot on what they do today to support us to do something else. And the biggest, I suppose, positive coming out of everything is that as an organization, culture and how people see the company and how people want the company to be really successful, and I'm talking about Logby in here, is so important by bringing everybody along on that journey. And it's been amazing across the globe to see people who are doing one job one day to pivot and do a different job completely the next day just to make sure our customers and partners had the best support possible. And I think that's really been a positive for us as a company. And and it's probably a, a true reflection of, the things we've been working on over the last few years in terms of building out that culture of positivity and togetherness. And that change is a good thing and change is a constant. And that has really helped us. Yeah, I think that's a great, it's a great point that as test, you can't bring that into place quickly, can you? The Obviously the sales kickoff when we I met all the your colleagues from across the globe, you could get that sense of culture there. I remember being surprised at how, sort of well bonded everybody was and and that team mentality even though you're rewarding people as individuals so I think I think you could see and you probably knew that culture was was strong but there's nothing like this kind of scenario to test it and I know bigger companies that would like to have been able to mobilize and be agile in that same way but they've not been able to achieve it because they don't have the same sort of culture in place Obviously, you get into a size, you're growing quickly. How how do you think you're going to maintain that culture going forward as you continue to grow? Yeah, it's a great question because on one hand, we're setting record after record in terms of business levels that we have across our business, uh, across globally and obviously in EMEA. But on the other hand, you want to make sure that you have everything in place to support customers and partners, but also the employees. And we can't simply depend and continue to work our employees as hard as we have been doing. Look for those expectations from them uh, week after week until something else happens. 
the company has been really good and really strong around that. And in fact, what they've done now is that in order to maintain strong mental health across the organization, they have given every employee the first Friday off every month, which is something a departure for us, something certainly new. And the idea being that if the whole company is off, and I'm excluding, obviously, there will be some functions around support, which is 365. But in terms of the, the bulk of the company is off, for one day that means that emails go down meetings don't exist and everyone can actually take a break from work as opposed to just saying well it's another weekend and i have to do something else so that part of it has been really clever about our, our ceo bill wagner and how that has been rolled out across the organization has been really well received i think the other part of it is is that you need strong leadership you need leadership that brings people along the journey and explains what's happening at all points and one thing that I've definitely noticed myself doing a lot more is around the communication piece. I just think it's so important. And when people are at home, they're sitting in different circumstances. They're sitting in apartments. They're sitting in small rooms. They're sharing houses. They've got young kids with no childminder. You know, when you put people in that perspective and they're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it is very tough for them to get a mental break. And I think the only way you can do that is, is through communication, showing direction giving them an outlet for those conversations, being able to actually have really open conversations. And it's probably something we, we've worked on and we've probably done well, but there's probably more for us to come. And I think I mentioned earlier on, one of the things that come out of this is the new work cultures. There will be plenty of conversation around how we can make that better, that working from home criteria to make sure people stay productive for as long as possible, but also enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's really important that that conversation is is coming to the front now because some people in in some organisations with a different culture to yours might have been a little bit more nervous about approaching their leaders to to have that conversation about flexibility, um, working from home. I think I saw on LinkedIn today. There's lots of sort of polls going around as to what do you want the future to look like in the office, work from home, or a bit of both. My view is that a bit of both is probably going to come out on top. I think there'll be people that that will suit that weren't going to get to that position and have that option. But going forward, the companies that are taking your approach are the ones that people are going to work want to work for. I think it's great that you're quite far down that journey, and I think it puts you in good stead going forward. It's funny um, that you talk about people seeking new employment. You're right. It's it's never going to be a case that it's going to be 100% working from home or 100% in the office. I think it's a, it's a blend, but it is more employee-led. In other words, what suits their lifestyle and how that really works for them and their family. And I think the talk around childcare and everything associated with the living circumstances of each individual um, will dictate an awful lot of that. But also prospective employees, people coming into the company, they're, they're going to have an opportunity to select their companies based on the lifestyle they want to lead. And I think that's going to be such a positive for a company going out there and saying, well, you tell us how you want to work and how you want to be successful and we can work around that. And I think one of the significant changes out of that is, is come out of the crisis. And there were certainly some companies that were thinking very creatively around that. Even ourselves in the US, we don't have any holidays. In other words, you can take as many days off as you want in the US from a log me in employee to have that flexibility, you know? And I think those type of out of the box thinking is definitely going to be a, 
a differentiator for an employer, but also make happier employees. Would you be nervous, Gerald, about employing people during this phase? So have you ever employed, maybe you've already done it, employed people that you've never met that, that you might have not met for months? Does that make you make you nervous or would you recruit during this time? Yeah, I mean, business doesn't stand still. And, and one of the things that I talked about was the fact that growth, the growth that we have seen during this period has led to the fact more job opportunities for ourselves and, and for in terms of our company. In some ways, I'm very traditional myself. It's something I have to work on in the sense that I'm probably leading people now 22 years. And I've seen during that time a huge number of changes in terms of how I lead, but also the culture of organizations and the companies I've worked for. I'm a very people person, Steve, as you would probably well know. And I like to meet people and I like to shake their hand and I like to get to know them personally using our tools to try and replicate that is is not a bad way to do it i I mean it's it's definitely better than using the traditional telephone and in an ideal world you'd want a mixture of both but at the moment we have to recruit without it i always think that recruitment in the first place is difficult either way but as long as you have a good format and a good structure to how you're actually recruiting and i think it's also really important to know exactly what you're recruiting for you should do a decent enough job and we've been lucky enough that we've had some great employees yeah joe it's good that you bring it back to people because i was sort of asking you about how you keep one eye on the future when things are sort of really busy now and you get drawn in and as you said you you're hitting those company targets so what do you do do you sit back and enjoy that do you come up with some new numbers going forward but your your answer to that question seems to be, well, let's focus on the people. And if the people are happy and the culture's good, then the future numbers are going to look after themselves. So that innovation comes around your people approach and, and adapting the leadership to fit that. So, yeah, I, I find that really interesting that people are the answer to future innovation of your business. Yeah, I think one of the things I have focused on over my career, Steve, in terms of being a leader is is that for salespeople specifically, you will always get people who are hitting targets. You will always get people who go through periods where they're being really, really successful. And that's great for them. It's great for the organization. But in reality, being successful, making money and making lots of money doesn't keep a person at an organization for a long period of time. You have to have uh, set aside goals. You have to have conversations that are related to people's future and work with them on what that looks like in order for them to feel wanted, to feel actually that they're accepted and to feel like they're being successful within an organization. And I find it much better to focus on those long-term goals, those personable goals and linking their job to those goals themselves on a day-to-day basis as a really true reflection of somebody being happy in the office and somebody who stays with you for a long time. And because I think that is such a key tenant to having a company that's going the same direction and everyone aligned to the same goals. It's just really, really important. Yeah, that's that's coming across loud and clear. Just asking you a sort of one more question, really. We've seen this, you could call it a panic buy, this, uh, this emergency purchases, this wave of everybody needs to go out and get the tools they need to work from home, etc. Obviously, you've you've provided a solution to that by offering those free kits that you mentioned earlier, and that's that's a really great idea to prevent people making that panic buy. You're allowing them to test the products and 
pick up a solution whilst they put something more permanent in place. So do you think the curve over the next six to 12 months will be the panic buying stops, people look at what they've quickly acquired and they think, is that still the best solution for, for us? Or are they going to go back to the drawing board and, and do what they might have done if they'd have been given more time? You know, it goes up. It, does it come down again and then smooth out? How do you see that progressing? It's probably a combination of all of those. We're in a new world. Post-COVID is not going to be the same business world that we were in pre-COVID. From a company perspective, we are really keen to make sure that people use our product. One thing I've always been really strong at and one thing we've always had a conversation about is that when people use the Log Me In products, the GoToMeeting, the GoToWebinars of this world or Rescue or Bold360, they can see the quality of the products. They can see the culture of the organization embedded in those products in order to help customers to have great engagement with their customers. So I, I think the new world is around a combination of all of those factors, but at the end of the day, it comes back to the economic factors too. I mean, companies are going to be in a different world in 6, 12, 18 months. And nobody's quite sure how big of an economic crash we're going to have. All we can do is that we can continue to work with customers and partners to make sure people are using the products and that can, they can see the true value of them. It's going to be very difficult for IT budgets going into 2021, just for companies to say, okay, how much do we now set aside for hardware and how much do we set aside for remote support or remote working from a software perspective? Because now we're part of that conversation when you're talking about budgets for next year. And that really is, our, our role is, is to make sure that we're a bigger part of that conversation. And by leveraging the likes of ASM and our other partners, we hope to be a really key ingredient in those discussions to enable our products to be used widely across those organizations. So we continue on that growth. But again, I suppose the big, the big factor will be how big the crash will be over the next couple of months. I think you're right. I'm looking forward to us having those conversations with you and our customers as well. I think there'll be a lot more of them. So what I'm sort of taking from this is that there are some companies that are doing well at the moment, despite obviously the 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 terrible circumstances that put us in this position and for those that are doing really well it, things could get a little bit tougher maybe as a recession kicks in but then for those businesses that are maybe having having a, a tough time of it at the moment with the the new tools that are out there and the help that they can get from companies like yours to pivot their business to, to this new world then things could could get better for them as maybe recovery kicks in or they can be part of that recovery. So I think what I'm learning from this is that you've got to focus on your people as a business, and it helps if you've got a really good set of products that that have got the future way of working in mind. So that's that's what I'm taking from it, Joe. What's what's your sort of summary on on the situation? Yeah, it's it's very similar. I mean, you start with people first. You have a great culture within an organization that's going to benefit your customers and your partners because that comes out in the culture. That's one of the strongest things you need in any time, whether it be recession or COVID-19 times or whatever. The next thing is that customers first, how you deal with those customers through your partner network or directly yourself and try and help them through the journey of the next months and years through that recessionary period because each company is going to either excel 
or uh, pivot. We're going to see an awful lot of small companies struggle. We're going to see other companies who are going to merge or acquire other companies to grow larger, to go after a specific market. Each of those journeys will be different. Our focus will be to make sure that they're aware of our products, using our products, and leveraging in such a way that's going to improve their interaction with their customers and make their business stronger. And how we deal with that, I think, is going to be, I suppose, a significant way of thinking about how our customers look at us in the future. Because we're all going to go through tough times, and it's 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 then when you see the true value of a culture and the true value of a company come to the surface. Yeah, I think that's a great summary, Gerald. Great way to wrap things up. So just to lighten the subject a little bit as well, a completely random, different question now. If you were having a, an imaginary dinner party and you could invite, let's say, two people, dead or alive, anybody from, you know, famous or not, who, who would you invite? <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a big Manchester United fan, Steve. So I would love to sit around the table with Roy Keane and Alex Ferguson <laughs> and probably just sit back and eat and just see how that went. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a pretty good choice. And um, with there being no football being played at the minute, then everybody in that industry's got plenty of time on their hands. So may, maybe if you uh, send them a cheeky invite, they've yeah. they, they might just have time for you. <laughs> yeah. Would they like my chicken korma? That would be my only question. Oh uh, dear! So long as there was a nice bottle of red with it, then uh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Mr. Ferguson would be fine with that. Well, I'm sure he would be the first person I was asked because I believe he is a great man at knowing which red wine suits which manager, <laughs> and an, an excellent leader. Just to keep it on theme, Gerald. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So look, it's been it's been really good talking to you. I appreciate you joining me today it's been a pleasure thank you gerald thanks a lot for your time steve it's a great opportunity to talk about business this is my first ever podcast not consumer but actually part of it so uh, thank you for making it such a, a, a lovely experience um, thank you thanks so much for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed some of the brilliant insights gerald had here over the next few weeks we've got some more great guests coming up on our podcast so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out if you'd enjoy this episode, then we'd really appreciate if you could leave a review on your podcast app of choice. Finally, if you'd like to find out more about what we do here at ASM, head over to our website at asmtech.com.